Hey, everybody, it's your boy, Captain Hunter, coming at you again. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. Um, make sure that you hit that rate, subscribe, and share button. Make sure you do me that big, big favor. Hit that rate, subscribe, and share button. Really do need and would appreciate your help in going forward and making sure that this show is growing and going, right? So today I want to do something um, that I've done before, and that is a, a movie review of the movie The Woman King, starring... Um, Ms. Viola Davis. Um, so the reason I wanted to talk about this is because there seems to be this crazy, crazy war between male and female, masculine and feminine, particularly in the black community, right? We can't seem to get along. Marriage rates are plummeting. People are, uh, people left and right are making videos. The manosphere, women are making videos about men, the, the, the dustiness and sorriness of men. Um, and men are making videos about women saying that they're asking for too much and all this kind of crazy foolishness. And it's, I think it's hurting our community. It's hurting the way we look amongst on the world stage and all that type of thing. And one of the things that drives this or, or is fuel to the fire, let me say it like that, is fuel to the fire is this idea of um, the media, right? What role does media, social media and traditional media play in this uh, effort to seemingly divide us uh, against one, one another? A lot of work has been done about this. I point to other other people, Tommy Curry, T.S.N. Johnson, uh, other scholars who are talking about this type of thing, right? As well as YouTubers and all that. So a lot of people are, are chiming in on this. So I, I, I thought it was very interesting, and this is why I talked about um, – um, what's what's going on in the media, right? So a lot of a lot of media, a lot of personalities on the internet are talking about the so-called woke culture, woke culture, uh, the change in Marvel films, MCU, um, from and they're now calling it the MCU, uh, uh, and 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 so I think that there's something that needs to be said about this, right? They're they're blaming it for the lack of interest in movies like Captain Marvel, uh, Black Widow, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, even now, the new uh, TV show, uh, She-Hulk, which I actually think is, is a good show. Uh, I actually think that. I did not enjoy the other the other movies. Thor, Love, and Thunder was okay. It wasn't as terrible as everyone thought it, thought it was, especially from a woke perspective. I didn't think it was all that all that bad. But but this is being blamed on a lot of things. And now it comes. Now here we are with um, this opportunity to really get some work done as African Americans. And we can't get past this male female dynamic, this masculinity versus feminine femininity dynamic. And I think that this is very, very problematic for a lot of different things. As I mentioned, it's destroying our marriage rates, destroying our view of one another, causing us to be at each other's throats. Marriage, uh, of course, children suffer, communities suffer, churches suffer, uh, cities suffer, all this type of thing. And we have to really try to get through this. And I think that we can get through it if we can just see eye to eye and really just try to get. To where the, to that place we where we want to get to, so we come up with this movie, the the the, the Woman King, in which it portrays a fictional in uh, a fictional account of uh, of a woman uh, who becomes the actual king. N -n 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 I believe her name is Nanesca. Forgive me. <laughs> I believe her name is is Nanesca. So she becomes yes, her name is Nanesca, played by uh, Viola Davis's character. Let me say I enjoyed the movie. Let me just start off there. I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I thought this the, the acting was good. The the, the writing was good. Um, the action scenes were great. Um, 
the vi the vividness, uh, the the environment, um, all that I thought was all that was was great and wonderful. Um, part of the problem that people are having with um, so-called female empowerment. Well, uh, let, let, two, two, two different things. Number one, we have to understand that this idea of female empowerment is a kind of a Western European type of, of entity. This is going to become plain as we run through some articles and everything. But this idea that we have to get to the certain place and that women deserve a place in society uh, was being done in African cultures um, prior to this. Not to the full extent. Now, I want to be very clear about that. And I want to thank my, my good friend, Lavonda Sweeney, who's pointed this out, that we have to really kind of research and dig into what was going on. First of all, all African cultures were not the same. Some of them were very matriarchal. Some of them were patriarchal. Some of them had a mix and a blend of both of them. I forget what that actual term is. Um, the Dahomean was a patriarchal society, right? According to these articles that, that I read, and I'm t taking my articles from uh, the Smithsonian, the real warriors behind uh, the woman king, uh, the warriors of this West African kingdom were formidable and female. That's from National Geographic. So National Geographic is kind of playing playing with it. So I, I'm playing with everything. So they wanted me to subscribe. They keep refreshing the page and wherever I'm at keeps keeps loading and all that. So um, so these are the two articles. Now, I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of scholarly work on this. I'm sure that there, there, there's been books that you can read when you read through these articles. So read these articles. If you want to get the books, maybe do some research and Google Scholar really Get, get behind this right some one book was called black sparta i actually may may, may get that um and this idea of women being superhuman empowered female ferocious female uh warriors uh, is um you know in the amazon tradition uh from greek mythology um you know is is something that um it's, it really comes comes from that from that frame of thinking, right? From that frame of mind. So first of all, first what I want really want us to understand is that these women warriors they were real. Um, uh, the, the fictionalized characters were taken. Some of the names were taken from actual persons, but they were not those persons in real life. So that's that needs to be said and said outright. So again, I enjoyed the movie. Let me talk about uh, this idea that people want to have to boycott. Uh, the movie the reason that i don't stand behind boycotting the movie because if you boycott the movie um uh, those who boycott the movie you, you send a message to hollywood that these types of movies won't make it these types of movies won't make any money now yes a lot of this needs a lot of the bankrolling behind this needs to come from african people we need to be behind not only the finances but behind the camera as well as the actors so we're, we're getting more acting roles which is great um, and so we should not boycott it for that for that reason because future actors may need it. F some of the directors, uh, there's a, there's a move, there's a couple movies coming out. One about Emmett Till. Uh, I saw this in in the previous Emmett Till, and another one called by, by Devotion. I forget the brother's name who's going to be playing in a Marvel movie. But anyway, th that actor's coming out. He's about a Navy pilot. Of course, at a time when African Americans were seen as less than, not able to do things. Uh, and we, we all watch Top Gun, Tom Cruise. We love Top, love these movies. Um, but there, we you cannot forget that it was African Americans who are actually fighter pilots, who are actually brave, actually doing things, right? And so this narrative needs to get out. And if we boycott these types of movies, then we tell Hollywood, we tell people we're not interested in these types of stories, and that we and that we ourselves don't support these type of narratives being put out there. And so we can't get anything done.
from the perspective that if we boycott the movie, we, we can sow something or we can talk about something that has to do with the male female dynamic. And we don't and men don't want to see these types of movies because of whatever. I think that still sends the wrong message. We still have daughters and wives and, and, and who need to be encouraged to do things. And so I understand the, the, the dynamic of not want of uplifting men at the detriment of women, of, of men, uplifting women at the detriment of men. You should not step on men in order to to elevate women i agree with that i also agree that we should not step on women in order to elevate men so we agree that we should not be stepping on each other we agree that and we agree that there was some truth behind this this story the story itself was fictional um but there is some truth behind it and their their uh, willingness to stand up and to fight for what was going on. I'm sure that there's more scholarly work out there about this. I'm just taking this from here. And the reason I want to talk about these articles in my review of the movie is because I think that that's essential to understand where this movie came from. If we look at the movie 300, we understand that 300 people, some people who really watched that movie, the 300 movie, really thought it was only 300 people who took on the whole Persian army. That's not the case. They had, they had individuals from all over uh, Greece uh, coming together and fighting in different um, battles here and there during the events at the, I forget the name of the past there, whatever it was, right? That, that angle pass, whatever it was. So if we understand that, if we are, are allowing for a dramatic license to take effect for the movie 300, even though it was more than 300 Spartan warriors, right? We, we glorify that. So if we can, if we can, if we can understand that, then we can understand a lot more. We gotta, if we can understand the dramatic license was taken for William Wallace, uh, that movie Braveheart, then we can understand that the dramatic license can be taken for all these types of movies. This movie is no different from that. Um, I can remember when the critiques came out uh, in the 1990s for the movie The Lion King. And I, I can remember reading uh, different people saying all these different st stuff about Nala and how come her group couldn't take back the, the land from Scar and all this kind of stuff. And the, the, the defenders of the movie said, well, <laughs> because the movie is about <laughs> the movie is about uh, Simba, the actual king, right? So this movie is about the Tohemian female warriors. Yes, there were male warriors. One of the reasons that the male warriors were lacking or dwindled in numbers is because the Tohemian people were actually very involved in the slave trade, not only of their own people, but of also conquered people. Again, I'm getting this from these two different articles that you, can, you guys can read through. So they so uh, European slave trading was decimating the male population of the African nations. So the African nations had to do what they had to do to defend themselves from being completely conquered by European powers, as well as ensure that their people weren't completely enslaved. Right. So they had to do what they had to do to protect themselves. So when you're when you're losing numbers of, ma of the men who are unable to fight then you have to you have to step in and say somebody's got to do something about this and so we had to train our women warriors to, to step up to it and so those warriors those women warriors became fierce they became loyal uh they became tough and hardened through training uh and through sheer will and determination so let's understand that so let, let's get that and again this was a patriarchal society if anybody's worried about any of that if you're worried if your man who's being challenged it's it was a patriarchal patriarchal society that adopted women females uh soldiers and trained them to be an elite fighting force because of the need to protect the nation 
this is what's going on here. This is what's going on, right? This is the dynamic. So we have to understand that we're looking at the world. We are looking at the world. If you're watching this from America, you are looking at the world through this lens, right? This eyes of Western European imperialism, power, uh, colonialism. That's, that's the way that you're looking at the world. It's the way that I'm looking at the world. And we have to kind of reset from this type of thing. If we are watching, if you are watching Game of Thrones and now the House of Dragon, George R. R. Martin, who wrote those books of Ice and Fire and whatever the other names of the books are. I never read the books. I just watched the shows. But he took a lot of his ideas about the fighting, the Game of Thrones, uh, um, uh, the quest for power, uh, subterfuge, all this type of thing. He took he took those. Admittedly, you can watch the interviews from the things that happened in that in actual European um, monarchies. Right. This is what was going on. This is where the fight was going on. People were dying. Right. In 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 the National Geographic uh, article, it talks about how the establishment of the uh, of the uh, Agoji warriors, the female warriors, came from a queen whose I believe her her brother or her husband had died unexpectedly earlier this year when news spread that a hundred foot tall statue of Queen Tasi Hangbi had been erected in the South African nation of Benin, right? So this is a woman, Queen Tassis, right? Right, so they erect, so keep in mind that they erected this, this statue in Benin, which is formerly uh, Dahomey. These women fighters are also known by other names in the Fon languages, including Ogoji, Ogojai, not sure how those are pronounced, uh, Mino and Mignon, Menon, uh, but prevailing or origin story of the Dahomey warriors is that the group was formed at the behest of Queen Hangbai, a Hangbi, daughter of Hogajbai, I'm butchering this name, Hogajbaja, who rose to power after her twin brother Akabi died under mysterious circumstances in the early 1700s. So they, so she starts out this, her brother dies under... <laughs> questionable circumstances right game of thrones keep that in mind um and then so she she starts this 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 wave and again as the article goes through and i'm not going to read through the article but it talks about how she how the article um the article talks about um how the portuguese the french were all decimating through slave uh, capturing uh, capturing and enslaving in, indivi individuals, the men in particular, uh, was decimating. So somebody has to do it, step up and do something. So The Woman King, a new movie starring Viola Davis as a fictionalized leader of the Agoji, uh, tells the story of this all-woman fighting force directed by Gina Prince uh, by the wood. The film takes place as a conflict in Gulf region and the specter of European con colonization looms ominously. It presents the first time that the European, that the American film industry has dramatized the compelling story right so we can tell the story about 300 we should be able to tell this story and without people getting mad and upset uh it's loosely based on 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 uh, on, on true story in short yes uh but with extensive a dramatic license though broad though the broad strokes of the film are historically accurate the majority of these characters are fictional including davis's naniska and uh, Thuso Imbutu's Nawi, a young a warrior in training. Neska and Nawi share names with documented members of the Gojai, but are not exact mirrors of these women. King Geheso, played by John Boyega, is the exception. According to Lynn's, uh, 
Ellsworth Larson, an architectural historian who studies gender dynamics in Dahomey. Gehazel reigned 1818-1859, and his son Glely reigned 1858-1889, presided over what was seen as the golden age of Dahomean history, ushering in an era of economic prosperity and political strength. The woman king... Uh, opens in 1823 with a successful raid by the Agoje to free captives bound for enslavement from the clutches of the Oyo Empire, a powerful Yoruba state in what is now southern, southwestern Nigeria. Dahomey has long paid tribute to the Oyo, Oyo, but is beginning to assert itself under leadership of Gehezo and General Naneska. This is what the, the story is telling us. A parallel plot. A parallel plotline finds Naneska, who disapproves of slave trade after experiencing its horrors personally, urging Gehezo to end Dahomey's relationship with the Portuguese slave traders and shift to production of palm oils as the nation's king, uh, uh, kingdom's main export. The real Gehezo did, in fact, successfully free Dahomey from its tributary status in 1823, but the, na the king's involvement in the slave trade doesn't align with the neatly neatly with the historical record as historian robin law notes dahomey emerged as a key player in the trafficking of west africans between the 1680s and early 1700s selling against captains of european traders whose presence and demanded fuel the industry and in turn monumental scale and in turn the monumental scale of dahomey's warfare though the majority of individuals taken prisoner by dahomey were enslaved abroad not a significant number remained in the in the kingdom where they served as royal farms in the army or at the palace in truth gehazel gehazel only agreed to end dahomey's participation in aid in the slave trade in 1852 after years of pressure by the british government which had abolished slavery not for wholly uh, altruistic reasons and you can read that why they you know seven reasons why britain abolished slavery about all that but i i want to give my review i thought it was a good movie Scenery is good. The storyline is good. Um, it's is it historically accurate? No. Were there pieces in there uh, that were out of line and, and were trying to abolish slavery and, and all this kind of thing? That none of that was none of that was was more than likely accurate. Uh, there is a scene in the movie that has been talked about where the the women are showing a great amount of of, of toughness and strength in comparison to the men. One uh, one uh, shows in which the, uh, both the male and female, there's a female on one side, there's a spear in between them, and there's a male on the other side. So male, so female, spear, male, and they got to kind of walk towards each other, and you see the guy kind of take a step back, and the female warriors wins the, the battle of contest at will because whoever blinks first or, or steps out first uh, loses, and of course the women won. The women won. It's a movie about women. Of course, they're going to win. <laughs> um, so, I, but but that is what it is. And again, these female warriors, according to these partic two particular articles, were training all the time. Where men were not training all the time, or at least these type of war. It's unclear. Let me just say it like this: It's unclear to the extent that these particular men were training uh, at all the time. Were there male soldiers? Yes. Were they were they in large number to the extent? To the women ha they, they were not in large number so therefore women had to step in so the women had to step in and they they trained they wanted to make sure that they were up on point uh, i want to read something from this article that goes on to talk about who were the gojai the first recorded mention of the gojai dates to 1789 but the unit was possibly formed even earlier toward the beginning of the homeless existence when king hajuba reigned 
uh, circa 1645 to 1685, created a corps of women elephant hunters, alternately Hangbai, who briefly ruled as a regent following the death of her brother in the 18th century, may have introduced the women warriors part of a palace guard. Either way, the Gojai or Goji reached their peak in the 19th century under Gehezu, Gezu, who formally incorporated them into Homi's army. Thanks to the kingdom's ongoing wars, the Homi male population had dropped significantly, creating an opportunity for women to replace men on the battlefield. I, I don't like the word replace because they weren't there, <laughs> right? So, so to, they're gone. Somebody's got to fill those gaps, right? There's a gap there, right? Um, more perhaps than any other African slate, Dahomey was dedicated to warfare and slave raiding. Uh, Amazon's A Black Sparta. Uh, this is, book was written by Stanley B. Albert, the w women warriors of Dahomey, the first full-length English study of Ogoja. It also it may also have been the most totalitarian, with the king controlling and re regimenting practice over it, every aspect of life. So all these guys out there who are who are worried about uh, it wasn't showing men as weakness. This this one king was a ruler of everything. The homey standing army was an anomaly in and of itself. Right, the the fact that they had a standing army, other nations did not have a standing army. Um, and this is true even when we talked about about uh, Greece and Sparta. Right, again, it wasn't just three hundred people. <laughs> there was other <laughs> there were other nations, other city states taking part in 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 the fight. And so the homey standing army was an anomaly in and of itself, and most other African kingdoms disbanded their forces when not actively in war. The fact that the Gojai and their male counterparts were uniform also set them apart. Uh, so they engaged in human sacrifices to please the gods. Uh, the Gojai's ranks included volunteers and forced conscripts alike. Regiments were recruited from slaves. Some of them were captured as early as 10. Old as also poor girls or or rebellious. All of Dahomey's women warriors were considered a Jose or wives of the king. So this is in contrast to the movie, and it's in contrast to I believe even this this uh, National Geographic uh, article, which talks about. Uh, so in the National Geographic article, it says these female fighters were not concubines or servants obliged to defer to any man's whims, and they just didn't spring out of them either. In the book, Continental Mothers, Continent of Hope, Understanding and Promoting Development in Africa Today, author Torold Scard writes about the homie warriors. They were renowned for their zeal and ferocity. The most fearsome were armored rifles. They were also archers, hunters, and spies. They exercised regularly to be physically and mentally fit for combat. When not in combat, they guarded the royal palaces. All of the homies women warriors were considered a hose or wives of the king. They lived in the royal palace alongside the king and his other wives, in inhabiting a largely woman-dominated uh, space. Aside from the eunuchs and the king himself, no men were allowed inside the palace after sunset. The Agogi were considered the king's third-class wives, as they typically did not share his bed nor bear his children. Because they were married to the king, they were restricted from having sex with other men, although the degree which, which this celebrancy was enforced is subject to debate. And then, of course, there's a link to that. In addition to enjoying privileged status, the warriors had access to a steady supply of tobacco and alcohol. They also had enslaved servants of their own. 
Uh, let's see. To become an Agoje, recruits underwent intensive training, including exercises designed to harden them to bloodshed. In 1889, French naval officer Jean Bayol witnessed Naniska, who likely inspired the name of Davis's character in The Woman King, a teenager who had not yet killed anyone, easily pass a test of wills. Walking up to a condemned prisoner, she reportedly swung her sword three times with both hands, then calmly cut the lash, last flesh attached to the head to the trunk. She then squeezed the blood off her weapon and swallowed it. Mm. Another common form of training involved mock assaults that found recruits scrambling across tower walls of acacia thorns. In the words of a British traveler who examined the barriers, I could not persuade myself that any human being with boots or shoes would under any circumstances attempt to pass over such a dangerous collection of most efficiently armed plants I had ever seen. The warriors bore the pain without complaint and the bravest among them received acacia thorn belts marking their stoicism. Stoicism. So listen, I, I want to keep this about, about the movie review. I think the movie's worth watching. Uh, is it historically accurate? Uh, no. Uh, is it beautiful, beautiful, breathtaking? Does it give black actors a voice? Yes. Does it empower women to a certain degree? Yes. Does it take down the masculinity of men? I think that we, again, first of all, we have to look at it from this Western lens that we're living in. Doesn't mean I'm saying that men shouldn't be men. Men shouldn't be masculine. I'm not saying that at all. I think we should step up, do what we got to do, educate ourselves, read all that, all that kind of stuff, lift weights, spiritually mentally develop develop ourselves to the greatest extent possible but we have to understand that there was a need at this time there was a need at this time for these women to do what they had to do in order to step up is the movie a good movie yes should you watch the movie in my estimation yes does it take away from men in general no does it take does it add to women i think it can be enlightening and empowering to women uh, th when i was watching the movie there were women cheering at, at certain certain you know feats that the women were doing these are actresses uh it, it can still be encouraging right I, I i i believe in the power of the media to influence individuals social media traditional media to empower individuals it, it was it, it vitally important for individuals for males to uh, for, for African-Americans to be seen in, in media, in commercials, advertisements, because for a long time we were excluded from these types of things. And therefore, because the thought was we couldn't sell products, right? If anybody saw our product then they wouldn't want to stay away from us. So these types of movies persuade us that we can do certain things, whether it's the movie Till that's coming out, whether it's Black Panther 2, whether it's uh, the, the Woman King, whether it's the movie Devotion, any other types of of, of of, of media portrayal like this is essential to our collective psychological freedom. And that's that's what I think is important. So is the movie completely accurate? No. Is the, is the movie, does it go out of its way to denigrate men? I don't think so. I think the same thing that I'm saying about the Lion King movie, um, Sparta 300, it's a movie about those, in, it's a movie about that in those individuals. Not 100% accurate. Okay, great. Okay. Um, but so I know that there's a lot of men in the manosphere, a lot of people talking about this movie um, from the, from their perspective that it's woke garbage. I, I, I just can't see the, the fact that it's woke garbage. I understand that there's been a lot of history, a lot of backlash, Thor Love and Thunder and She-Hulk and Captain Marvel and other movies, right? Even some of the Star Wars movies. 
I, I just don't see this being part of that. Are they taking dramatic license? Yes. Does it stop us from doing what we got to do? No. So I think the people should go see the movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, I may go see it again. Um, so let me know your thoughts or opinions. Am I wrong about this? Um, where you at with this? You, you agree with me? Disagree with me? Have you seen the movie? Are you plan to see the movie? Are you planning to watch Black Panther? Are you planning to, to boycott anything that doesn't show uh, men in the greatest light? Um, what, what's your thoughts? What's your opinions about that? So that's it. Much love and peace, everyone.